um oh we're recording we are recording oh we're always recording i'm never gonna let any of this pod this sweet supple pod out so supple should we do the uh the arbitrary like hand clap let's fucking let's just do it who cares let's just clap it off let's let's get a thunderclap going ready Uh Welcome back, everybody, to the most awesome and brandana sports podcast coming at you as we always do. And we have a dynamite episode 166 for your eardrums. Guys, do us a favor. Please subscribe. Leave five stars. Tell a friend. Shoot us an email at mabsportspodcast at gmail.com. I am Brandana. With me, as always, number one on your podcasting big board, most awesome. Ooh, thank you, B. Thank you, thank you, like thank done, you. I feel like I've done that intro before. Number one on your podcasting big board. That felt Who knows? Like as, it, as I was typing out, I was like, this is running it back. But you get 166 deep, it's going to happen. Yeah, it's going to happen. But you know what? It's you, We're best pod available, and you're taking us first. We are. Do you yes. think there's anybody out there that has listened to all 166 episodes of our podcast? I mean, I hope so. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like wishful thinking, yeah. A boy yeah. can dream. Well, we know it's we know we ah ah that was a true question, and you got me. You fucking got me because no one could listen to all 166 podcasts Ah, because podcast two fucking got lost in translation in in the in the in the computer sphere. Yeah, I think we talked about this last time. I mean, it's pretty incredible that we've had to run some back. All right, this is real. We had to run some back and interviews over and like the one where i started without my headphones on guys we're not here to beat me up as a podcaster you guys don't hear any of that all you hear is the final product when it finally shows up on the doorstep on your phone how's your week brother you out in the yard at all oh taking yeah up, taking off the shirt digging up some mulch yeah you know, no no i did a little bit of begrudgingly did a little bit of mowing dr mrs commission's like well you're gonna mow today right and i was like no no i'm not gonna <laughs> mow today but yes i will of course i will um but it was because our lawn's not quite like it's still kind of dry and you know it's kind of patchy it's like dumb to mow but um but i did a little bit and uh dr mrs the commission painted our bedroom which was nice because in in well to be fair so when we moved in there's a couple like they had mounted a tv and then when clearly they had just like they had mounted the tv before they painted the bedroom so when they took the mount off there was just like this big like sure, square where yeah. yeah where the old color was so it was really bad so they left us paint but we could never quite get it to match like a hundred percent so it always just looked like this weird like splotch so dr and mrs the commissioner was just like look like we've got it close enough let's just paint the whole room this color get a gallon of this paint and she just knocked it out in like two hours so she was feeling it after the afterwards but she she did it she did it maybe not two hours like four hours but still that's awesome like painting's one of those things like if people know what they're doing you can be efficient at it if you don't yeah. know what you're doing like this is it's a tough hang it's an yeah. all-day chore and it's gonna yeah. look a little like you're gonna get the trim involved but it's, it sounds like she knew what the score was and then you have to pull everything to the center of the room kind yes. of yes really yeah yeah i did that that was my job that was that, that, was, that was on me and the and the the good thing is, is when you paint it just like a shade or two like above where you were at it actually goes a lot faster it's not like the we're doing a primer layer and all this other stuff it's just like i'm just rounding out this already existing color because we like the color 
we got a we got a close enough facsimile to it but it's different enough so we're like all right we'll just cover the whole room with it and you won't be able to to tell anything so it, it, it looks good nice facsimile everyone take a drink for that one i'll hit that bro there you Same. go there you go there you go facsimile what's the, what's the fume sitch you got like a fan you got the window open we've we've got a you know a fan above us and we got the windows in you know in our master bedroom open the master bath open so wasn't too bad i lit a candle all right <laughs> candle it's uh it's a paint drying scented candle but exactly. I lit a candle yeah, yeah. there terrible choice uh, do you guys have a tv in the room we do not no tv in the room that's the thing is is like that. that's where so we don't we only have one this is why mad league can sometimes be put a little strain on the on the back end but we oh, only yeah. have one and oh we'll throw it back to the to, to the draft because my kids we only have one tv we have a downstairs tv that's really it doesn't really do anything you can play like movies on it but they never really ever use it the main tv is the only tv we have and we've stuck with that because we didn't want a bunch of TVs all over the house. As convenient it is, we all convene in the in the living room area to watch. But I will say on on Thursday when the first round was kicking at eight o'clock, they literally because that's their show time. They gave yeah. me they gave me that time. They're like, "No, Daddy, you can oh. watch the draft." It was really nice. That's awesome. They were, that's they were so bored cool. as sin, but they they watched it. <laughs> that's so, yeah, that's almost like a little MVP right there. And that's nice too that the approach is like that, where it's not like, you know, I'm the parent, like this is what I'm watching. Sorry, like the schedule is going to change. Because as you talked in MA, MA Parenting Tips before, like scheduling is what it's all about. So to just yeah. approach them and be like, hey guys, is it solid if I get my draft on? And they're right, like, right. Oh, well, you got it. You've earned this. You've earned this. There you go, old man. Have at it. I guess we got a jam-packed episode 166. We're doing Rick from the headlines. We're doing Mr. Rogers' new neighborhood. What's that going to be? Doing MAMA parenting tip. We're doing sisters' debt. All right, and date night. We're doing Splash. All right, a little Tom Hanks movie from back in the day. I never seen it before. We'll get into that. Oh, really? Oh. Yeah. Me, ooh, little fun fact. The Apostle Showdown. We're doing top players we personally despise, <laughs> and then we're going to finish as we always do with our MVP of the week, ladies and gentlemen. You're our power. It starts now. from the headlines mr rogers new neighborhood in 2021 where he gonna be the green bay it's gonna be green bay it's gonna be green bay yeah um no it's so funny yeah we're talking about oh did you you didn't ask me why we're talking about this never mind i almost went in there to get that no no no, that's good i was supposed to why we talk about that this week uh because because right before the nfl draft like we talked about rumors came out that aaron Rodgers had given his notice to the Green Bay front office that he does no longer wants to play in Green Bay. Is that, would you call that rumors or like reports? Like rumors are like he, well, we'll get into it. Cause you're right. He says, says and this is like on, so this happens on draft day. Like we all knew yeah. like Aaron Rodgers is, can kind of be mercurial. I think they use yeah. that word. That sounds like I like a, that word. Yeah. Drink everybody. Facsimile yeah. <laughs> mercurial. All right. This is the you word guys, of the day pod. You guys vocab bingo cards. Start filling those. <laughs> let us know. Holler out what you get it. Uh, yeah, so it came out that um we always knew like he was a, like uh, a little disgruntled, but it seemed like he got what he wanted with the the coaching change from McCarthy to the floor. Uh, and then that was kind of moving the right direction, especially the way he played last year with MVP. And it comes out that he's not happy 
so this was obviously a leak because he was, I think he did some sort of interview or had a soundbite at the Kentucky Derby where he was just like, he said he was disappointed that that news got out that he wanted yeah. to be a Packers, which kind of, you know, it does give, uh, it does make the quote genuine, like the news is coming out. Right. By him saying like he's bummed that he's, that it's got out there. Uh, why do you obviously, let's get in this, let's handle this first. So I know everybody's really excited. They want to see a trade happen before the draft. So before we talk on a macro of what the Packers game plan is, tell me why mathematically that it just didn't make sense for this trade to happen before the draft. So math- mathematically, it's pretty simple. So uh, we are in the calendar, like the NFL football calendar year of 2021. So he is due $37.2 million this year. Um, and if he was to be traded before June 1st, um, that would give the Packers a $31.5 million dead cap situation, meaning that of their salary cap, which was you know already less than it was from the year before because of COVID and everything like that, they, they, they're going to have to eat $31.5 million, which is just not palpable, right? They would save $5 million so they could move it around there, but they lose $31.5 million. So that's a pretty big dead cap money number to eat. Uh, and I think they would actually end up losing money for 2022 as well, too. But don't quote me on that. But, um, you know, it, it, the, the draft day trade, uh, in my mind would have to have been pretty sizable in order to, to make that trade of, for the Packers to want to swallow it. I think the lions or the, or excuse me, the, the LA Rams, or no, maybe it was the lions. I can't remember what was either golf or Stafford. Either one of them had the most dead cap that a team had, had saved. I believe it was like $20 million. So this would be almost like 11 and a half million dollars more than that. Yeah. So how, how does the trade look different after June 1st? Uh, after June 1st, it gets a little bit better. Um, so then that's $14.3 million and they end up saving $22.8 million. So after June 1st, now you can agree in principle, right? Kind of that handshake deal. I think that's what everyone was hoping for. Um, but truthfully, the the transaction wouldn't go through until after June 1st, just because of the way that they structure, you know, their contracts. Okay. So theoretically, and this wouldn't even be, I mean, you wouldn't get in trouble for this as a team. Theoretically, there could be a handshake deal in place that they wouldn't announce. Like maybe they just tell the Broncos, the Broncos seem to be like, everyone's excited. Like the fit that like looks yeah. like it would make sense. They've agreed in principle, right? So it, the Stafford uh, golf trade occurred before the new year of this, of the year didn't actually officially go into like March 18th. Like it didn't officially happen then, but they okay. agreed before then. But we, but so we would hear about that. Like we would. they would yeah. just say, they would be like Aaron Rodgers, uh, you know, they made an agreement with the Packers and the Broncos doesn't go in if, into effect until like June 2nd or whatever to say right. the Packers. And we right. didn't hear any of that, which they no. could you know, said. So, uh, okay, let's tackle the easy situation first and then we'll do the fun part. Why okay. do you think he's staying in Green Bay? Because, I mean, right now, like, what are we hearing on his side? Like, he wants the – this is all about Jordan Love and want the GM out of there, like, out of spite? So, yeah, he was obviously – so it all started back from, you know, them drafting last year, moving up and trading for Jordan Love, right? And him not being happy about that, being blindsided. And we talked about Mercurial 
Uh, sensitive is another, you know, term that you could kind of label uh, Aaron Rodgers as. And so he was just kind of unhappy with the situation and how that the Packers were going. Plus, I think you've got a lot of like heightened things around the periphery of people judging how the Packers, you know, are not drafting a wide receiver. It feels like it's a big need and they're, they're, they're not helping out him, you know, and this is why he's disgruntled. Um, so that happens. And then before this draft here, you know, obviously uh, in the wild NFC wild or not wild card NFC championship game, they don't go for it on fourth, kick a field goal, you know, basically miss their window to go to the Super Bowl uh, again, you know, in losing to Tampa Bay. So that didn't help. And that's kind of hanging over him. And he's just very just disappointed overall, just in the direction that it's going. And I guess, according to some recent reports that he doesn't like the GM that he wants the GM fired, uh, Brian uh, Gutkinst, that he's been the GM since 2018. So he wants him out. Yes, that'll make sense. So looking at Aaron Rodgers, he just strikes me as the kind of guy that like backs it up. So here's what I want to call out about the quote. Like he could have would have like he could have said that he was disgruntled. He could have said, I need to see like I need to see changes at the top. I need the GM gone. I need like we need more weapons here. I need to see a trade. But it seems like the just the overall statement that sums it up is he wants out of Green Bay. Why is that the line that's sticking with me a little bit more than all these changes? Because I think we've seen like quarterbacks demand trades or be like unhappy in situations and want to see things, not demand trades, unhappy in situations and want mm-hmm. to see moves. But I think to come out and be like, I want out of Green Bay, which I, I think the, the writing hasn't totally been on the wall. I mean, there's been hints of that at the beginning of last season, like at the Jordan Love thing, but this seems different to me. And Aaron Rodgers seems like the kind of guy out of spite and to prove a point would follow through on something like this, like getting himself out. Do you agree? Um, yes. I mean, he would. He, so in this, you have to kind of look at like the lever. Like what is what leverage does he have? In you know, this? If he has a no trade clause. I mean, I imagine like with all superstars at that level, like you would have a no trade clause. I feel like that's just like a non-negotiable for like just blue chips where it's just like, oh, make sure you put that like no trade clause in there so I can figure out like I can control where I want to go should something happen. Yeah, I mean, I don't see it. I'm just looking over it right here just very quickly. I don't see any, like, no trade guarantees, but... Um, is that, I mean, is that something that's kind of standard with blue chips? Like, do you think on the, just across the league in the NFL, or is it, like, I, I don't know, something that's added for guys that are just paranoid and want to control their own destiny, or... I don't yeah. Know, to, me, to me, like, it would always seem like you take a little hit financially to have the no trade clause. It's just like, pay me a little less money so I could control should something come up. Well, and that's the thing is, is so I don't know. I mean, in, he signed an extension, you know, in 2018 for four years, $134 million. So I don't know, like, which is like an average of like $33.5 million per year. So I really don't know, like, I don't think he really took that much of a hit considering kind of where, you know, three, four years ago. And in 2018, you know, he'd just come off of that shoulder injury, that he was out and that, you know, that abysmal season then, and then, you know, not so great the the year thereafter where they got McCarthy out and, and Philbin was there for a half year or whatever. But yeah. When he, when he was tanking, when he was taking a group point, when he tanked and, and like 
right part of the career of an entire franchise because he was unhappy and just like uh pounding it and stopping his feet on the ground right but the packers uh, so one more thing i want to add the packers did offer an extension to him right and he turned it down well that's the thing it, well he's he's under they i think they were working on restructuring his deal and he turned it down right restructuring it most likely could have been an, an avenue to make it easier for them to trade you know we talked about those pre-June 1st, post-June 1st, you know, dead cap numbers, right? A lot of times they'll do that to free up more money to, so that they can free up on the salary cap. And if he didn't do that, right, then it, it, it invariably, you know, a lot of times guys will restructure their deal or try and make it as easy as possible. Uh, Jared Goff restructured his deal with the Rams so he could be moved and get out of that situation. Um but yeah, I, I don't think like, this is where I kind of like, so this is a, this, this is why I called it a rumor versus like a statement. Like we never yeah. heard the words that he's, he's not going to play another snap come out of it. Now he's denied it. He hasn't said anything about it, but we've, we've not seen it. We've only seen it reported in quotes, but that doesn't mean it came directly from his mouth. It could come from his sure. agent or other. Sure. Yeah. But I mean, I do think we the quotes have been pretty clear that Aaron Rodgers wants out of Green Bay. That's the headline, right? And what he's at, and his his response isn't like just got blown out of proportion or like I, he does say he wants to be a Packer, but his response is like, "I hate that this got out." Sure, yes, of course, of course, he hates it, that it got out. It doesn't make him look good. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, yes, uh, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm. I said I don't want to be here anymore, and I'm, and and the franchise isn't going to move me. So I'm sorry that now it came out that I'm uh, I'm creating a whole bunch of fucking whirlwind around this, and I'm not going to play another snap for for you guys. He could have said th- this all didn't happen like right before the draft. This all happened weeks before, weeks sure. ago, when they were talking in that contract negotiation, and it could have been one of those things. And they, we've just all been holding on to this little nugget to to drop on before the draft day. Yeah, like who drops this information? Schefter, I think, dropped it along. No, no, with he a did. Yeah, but I mean, like, who, like, what? I mean, obviously, we're not going to go this know the sources, but I mean, just like, what? I don't understand what the oh, his, the his leverage here is his his agent, his right? To to put more pressure on the Green Bay franchise, right? To like to 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 put him on maybe public consensus, maybe to get ownership out there, maybe because maybe firing Brian Kukist is the the only way that will appease Aaron Rodgers, right? And, you know, and, and this is the whole thing. This is where player empowerment meet, meets like public consensus, right? This is the, this is where like bad franchises will sit there and, and look at the, the eye of the storm and all the public perception of everything and panic and do a move where they're going to, where they're going to fire a guy or, or, or do a move for the public. So the public, like the fans feel good about this. You know what I mean? I, I think that's where, we've seen a lot of franchises in the past, like be reactionary versus, all right, well, we'll just weather this storm and move on. And I think that's what the Packers are trying to do. So I was right about two things. I was right about Aaron Rodgers being a prick. And yes. I was right about Derrick Henry being an amazing running back. The only two things I've been right about on the pod, but mark it up. You mark it up. Uh, but here's the thing is, I, and I just, I, 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 this is yeah, where like been, the you've whole, been, you've been battling, you've been battling a little bit on the text threads. I, I don't, I don't understand the, 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 this idea that the Packers have mismanaged Aaron Rodgers' career because he only has one Super Bowl. It's, yeah. it's, it's hyperbolic and it's history of now. And, and that's the thing that I think is, is like, that's what separates them as a 
good franchise that they're not being like like Jerry Jones, right? Don't you think of like Jerry Jones was like, oh, I got my, I have Aaron Rodgers and he's upset about the GM. Like we're not seeing the GM like walking out with the legal box like three weeks later. Like we see these teams yeah. walk out there and and because, hey, this is what the public thinks. So we're going to go and we're going to be swayed by this. Like this team for, for the 30 years, right? Just going back to 30 years, like 1990 has missed the playoffs 10 times. That's it. They've missed a playoff 10 times. Now that's pretty fucking good. They made the Super Bowl three times. They've been in the NFC championship uh, games, not including those three Super Bowls, six other times. So they've been basically knocking at the doorstep 12 times in 30 years. Um, they've had pretty consistent like ownership, GM management all the way through like the, you know, they're not technically, there's no owner, but they have a chairman of the board and everything like that. But They've had four GMs, right? Gunquist, who is a guy right now, has been there since 98, right? So he knows. And 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 if anything, like, you know, they everyone calls into question like the Jordan Love deal where they moved up. It, shouldn't we trust the Packers of like knowing what to do and how to transition from one Hall of Fame QB to another one, right? Yeah, interesting. Yeah, it'd be fun. I, absolutely, we should. Because I mean, yeah. I mean, the Packers do it the way that we've always talked about. Like they leverage it in the way and work the system in a way that it's not like you're not rolling a guy out there before he's ready. I mean, who knows what kind of quarterback Aaron Rodgers would have been? I mean, he's he's great. Like we have to admit it. But you know, if he's starting like game four of his rookie year, like I'm it's sure he learned totally a lot. Different. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure he like got that time, and that that's how the Packers do it well. And I'm I'm rooting for that. And it's you know, Aaron Rodgers top top eight quarterbacks of all time top five i'm sure like if i yeah. really have to put pen to paper and do the list and when did two super bowls become the new one super bowl like he has a super bowl right he has a chip and it's just like they do get there a lot so there is kind of like in this Steeler style like on the other side just kind of like this prestigious franchise that you can always expect to see in postseason always make a run for it you don't see any mismanagement from the Packers side not that I mean that's simple, but it's just like who's who's to blame? Do you feel like Aaron Rodgers should have more than one Super Bowl? And then who's to blame for it? Aaron Rodgers or the like management? Ooh, uh, good question. Well, all right. So like I always, I always felt like there were stories about just like Aaron Rodgers winning in spite of. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like it wasn't him like right in the way, like it was just like shitty offensive line, like no running game whatsoever. He's usually had a pretty good like running or uh, wide receiver situation. Yeah, uh, like, or, like yeah, no, yeah. no defense. Like we're just gonna have to gun him out. Right, right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's been there's been things around it, but also like and it, which we talk. There's you know like internal for like external forces and internal forces, and I think like the Aaron Rodgers that we we get little glimpses of, and the reason why we like joke on him is is like that's all like an internal thing. Like I think some of his teammates feel like that they're winning in spite of Aaron Rodgers' attitude. Like he's got a little bit of this like Jay Cutler, like he seems uh, he's, you aloof. Know, he's, he's aloof. Better. He's, he's better than you. And if you make a mistake, it's on you. If I make a mistake, well, it's just somebody else didn't do their job. And that's like, you're never going to fully like bring a team together and just like all like all in. And that's why we see kind of historically, and we've seen it with other quarterbacks, some of it just happens where they just are on the wrong side of, 
you know, of the, 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 the coin flip there, you know, Tony Romo is a great example of it, you know? So, and I like your point. It's like, when did two Super Bowls become the one Super Bowl? You know, yeah. that's like, that's the minimum, the barrier to entry for like a successful quarterback. I don't know. Winning one is, is good. It, you put in your, your number always kind of getting there. You know, you can be bested by a lot of different teams that are out there and it's never just like Aaron Rodgers you know, it's not like basketball. Like there's so many other factors that go into what, how the, how the game turns out. Like this, this past one, they could have gone to the Super Bowl. The coach made a bad call, made a real bad call. You know what I mean? But there's 10 other things that probably could have happened uh, throughout that game that could have gotten them there closer. David Bakhtiari, their left tackle blowing out his uh, knee is just force majeure. Like it, it sucks. You're not going to avoid that. You know what I mean? Just like all the, the bad beats that they have has ha, have had historically, like sometimes you just can't outrun a little bit of like, you know, game luck. But I, I just, I don't, if you're talking about not winning more Super Bowls, and then I guess you're going to have to go on the, the, the side of, of management slightly on that. But at what turn, like you said, you just talked about it. He, he fucking tanked a season because he was unhappy and he was tired of dealing with a coach in Mike McCarthy, who he thought he was smarter was, who he thought he was smarter than and was better at, you know, diagnosing, uh, like, you know, the play designs and stopped calling his own plays. What does that do to a team? What does that do? That's going to set you back. It's not like basketball where he can just go out there and be like, well, I'm just going to lock everybody up on the defensive side too and just control it that way. No, it's going to cause rifts and you you have to pay the piper in some way on that. And I think Aaron Rodgers will never accept that. And I think that's why in a, in, in a non-like tangible way, that's why he hasn't won more Super Bowls. And the fucking notion that it's like, oh, well, they haven't they haven't never used a number one draft pick to draft a wide receiver to help Aaron Rodgers out. Well, they had Randall Cobb, fucking Jordy Nelson, Devontae Adams, all guys in the second or third round that they found that they developed. And since when does drafting a wide receiver in the first round mean that you are helping out your first round or your Hall of Fame quarterback? Yeah. It doesn't mean that. It doesn't look up Treadwell, my friends. Look like Treadwell. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. And I and I and I and I go and I, I'll pull a little Ben Simmons out there to anyone that's listening. And I know Warren Sharp, Sharp is a very good like you know mind out there on Twitter. I appreciate that. But guess what? Like you can also kind of frame your just debate just to make it sound like it's more of a like oh look at how grossly mismanaged Green Bay had had met, yeah. mismanaged his career. Let me ask you this. Over the last 30 years, how many times did Green Bay draft a wide receiver when they had Brett Favre and and before? Last 30 years. How many times? It's a little in, the round? in the first round. Uh, last 30 years, first round, draft a wide receiver. I would set the over under at four and a half. Four and a half. And you would hammer that under because it's once. Javon Walker in 2002. So spare me this, like, well, they don't draft wide receivers in the first round. Maybe, maybe historically they don't view the talent of wide receiver as a position that's worthy of a first round grade. Plus they're always drafting in the back half of the, of the, of the thing. So don't sit there and be like, Oh, look how they mismanaged. We weren't saying this, any of this shit with Brett Favre. Brett Favre was fucking slinging it. He always had options. He, he had Sterling sharp for many, many years. Uh, 
who is a first round draft pick, but that was 1988. I said 30 years. Fucking don't know. Don't everyone Google it. Fair enough. But, but, um, but yeah, you know, oh, so two in the last like 33 years, but that's the point is, is like, come on guys. Like, let's be fair to an organization that has historically done it pretty well. You know what I'm saying? Like, and also let's, and I'm not saying it's like, it's one or the other. Let's also look at the fact that fucking Aaron Rodgers is a fucking baby who is super sensitive, who has always thought about himself as the fucking smartest guy in the room, wants to be this like personal guy, but has no ability to be humorous about himself when it's in the, in the, in the think about every fucking State Farm commercial. Is there ever a State Farm commercial where he doesn't look like he's like the coolest guy in the room or like he isn't under control? Does he ever make light of himself ever? No, he doesn't. He's fucking throwing a, a, a tennis ball with his dog and throwing it over the moon because he's got a gigantic arm. He's yeah. the, the, the discount double check guy. They're all the crazy ones. And he's the cool guy that are obsessed over him. He's yeah. never taken the piss out of himself. He's never That's being... Bad. He's never podcast ever. I know, right? I because I thought long and hard about this. My point is, is that you can blame the Packers, yes, but you can also blame Aaron Rodgers and the way he fucking carries himself as the the leader of that organization. And if you want to put some blame somewhere, spread it out over everyone's feet because he didn't. You know, them taking a season wasn't all just on the management because he was unhappy. You know, him fucking having a rift with the court with his head coach, Mike McCarthy wasn't all on, you know, management, you know, him fucking alienating Greg Jennings wasn't on management. This, this, this is a history of this. I mean, fucking he, he wrote off his own, own family. Like, I mean, I, not to get too personal with it, but this is, this is this guy, right? Is the, his headspace doesn't leave. And so all of a sudden now we're just sit there and be like, oh my God, the Packers are the worst organization ever. Look what they did to poor Aaron Rodgers. Get the fuck out of here. I love it. I agree. Fuck yes. Amen. Yeah. Share that story too. Like uh, share that on Instagram. Just that, um, that kind of Aaron Rodgers breakdown, that kind of everything like that old Beatle he's been talking about for years. Bro, you laying down hashtag truth about a Rod. I love it. I love it. Uh, Okay. So let's, okay. Let's have a little fun right now as we kind of wrap up this segment. All right. If you were to be traded, let's talk about some situations that make sense. So let's knock out the California teams real fast. Um, San Francisco, let's talk about San Francisco, uh, the LA Chargers, LA Rams. Um, San Fran, San Fran could be a fit. I mean, did use the, and, you know, like you said, the trade was not going to happen before the draft, maybe a handshake trade. So it's, it's kind of, you'll have to look at Green Bay and think about like, is Jordan Love like ready to go now? Do they feel right. like it, or, or is it? Trey well, and and San Francisco just took Trey Lance, a yeah. quarterback with the number three overall pick. So it'd be like they don't believe in Jordan Love, but they believe in the ceiling and try and get Trey Lance back for them. I I don't see it happening. No, no, no well, I I would see it like this, and tell me if the money makes sense because you know I never look at that, but I think maybe like a uh, a Garoppolo and some picks for Rodgers, Garoppolo to kind of continue. Uh, in the Green Bay fashion of not rushing Jordan Love out there and maybe like, uh, you know, taking a season or two season and a half before. And then on the San Francisco side, a little bit of the same thing, like really developing Trey Lance. But I feel, I still think Aaron Rodgers has like three to four years. And I, that starts to feel a little long to keep your number three overall pick, like on the sideline. For sure. Yeah. I mean, certainly Kyle Shanahan would 
welcome that trade. I don't know about Matt LaFleur, how much you would, we'd like that one. Um, you know, uh, truthfully, I think the divorce is for Green Bay is going to happen in 2022. Um, that would give Jordan Love two full seasons to kind of sit in and watch. Um, just like Aaron Rodgers had before him with, with Brett Favre. But yeah, I mean, that's an interesting one. I didn't kind of even think about that. I, I kind of wrote San Francisco off just because they took Trey Lance, but he's going to have to sit this year for sure. I don't think he's going to be game ready to go kind of like right out there for it. So, you know, you, you'd really want to, if you were San Francisco, you'd really want to weigh like the locker room effect, right? So if I'm going to trade for this guy, yeah. is he going to be the guy that's going to mentor because maybe Garoppolo is going to mentor uh, Trey Lance, kind of being in that Tom Brady, you know, footstep as well too. And I know that they have a closer relationship uh, than you know outside of just football. So maybe Garoppolo is may- more willing to mentor a rookie quarterback than say Aaron Rodgers. So I, I would I would view that heavily in that trade. Yeah, is there any chance that he spikes San Francisco for them passing on him? Oh, there's no, there's, there's, there's a hundred percent chance. Yeah. I mean, it could be just like, you know, he could be like Arya Stark with his fucking list of all the people that have wronged him. Right. And San Francisco <laughs> is like at the top of it. I totally agree. Yeah. I mean, I, and obviously the kind of personality we're talking about here like that, I could easily picture that, but I do think, you know, his fiance living yes. in LA and being from the area and him being from the area. I think there is some pull for him to get back, but let's talk about, uh, I think we'd have to rank these in this order. San Francisco would be the most possible. I think if we're talking West coast team and then second, just cause we have to put somebody ranking these three. I mean, I put the chargers, although I think they're like Herbert's a little too good for the chargers to be like, what we're talking about again, like sitting this guy, especially after he's, get his sea legs underneath them. Like they seem to be gelling a little bit like the chargers, like definitely on the upswing. So yeah. Kind of weird to bring in Aaron Rodgers for like three to four years. Yeah. So I wouldn't, I, they wouldn't do that because the value at Herbert with his contract yeah, allows maybe. them to be way more flexible in other areas and bring in other talented guys that, that rookie deal, even though he was drafted in the first round and like pick number six, still relatively cheap. So if you can get a high level of play, especially kind of growing. I don't know that they would do that. I would move them three uh, almost unlikely. And, and, you know, Matt Stafford, if, you know, he got injured severely and they're like, all right, we got, and the Rams are always willing to kind of make a, make a deal. Um, I I actually almost would have put them at number one, just because they'd they'd be fucking willing to do anything. And they they move Matt Stafford at this point after the contract is in. No, I don't think they can. I really don't think that they can. I haven't really looked at Stafford's like what Stafford's deal will look for them and what kind of money, like what cap situation they're at. They're very creative about stuff. Um, but I don't think, I don't think that they would have the capital to do it. It'd be, it'd be a fun trade to happen the the most likely before the draft was you know if they had not drafted trey lance at number three and they had gone uh you know sewell or jamar chase or something like that now we're talking like an interesting factor right garoppolo a bunch of picks and this could happen but the fact that they went lance means it's probably unlikely that he goes to a California team. All right. So who else you got? I mean, you got Denver, which Denver and Oakland is also what we're hearing about. Yeah. Uh, Oakland. I could, I could imagine. I mean, I don't know though. It's like, I don't know. Denver's pretty interesting because they have a huge hole, but 
of those two teams, why would you want to go Aaron Rodgers and go like twice a year compete against fucking, you know, uh, Aaron, uh, Pat Mahomes, right? Like it seems like a disaster. Um, you know, the Washington football team kind of, you know, they have Fitzpatrick there, a young, hungry defense. They, they added Curtis Samuel as well too, but the, 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 you know, organization is a little bit, you know, you want to talk about mismanagement, you know, Daniel Snyder's there. It's like, it's not a good like culture that's there, but maybe it's enough in a kind of a weak NFC East division to kind of go and stay on the NFC side of things. Uh, well, definitely, and, yeah, and, and and Roger's gonna have the attitude where like I am the solution. Like, yes, you know, for sure. Like that like just kind of egotistical and narcissistic, where it's just like, oh, I'll go and fix fix this situation. But would he be so narcissistic to believe like, well, yeah, I'll just fucking go over to the AFC West and just dethrone Pat Mahomes? Do you think uh, he's to that well, level? I mean, you I know. think that this is a great question. So there's three things I want to know. I want to know who has control of this trade. I, I need to know no trade clause. I need to know what uh, Aaron Rodgers' goal is. Like, does he want another chip? Like, just he doesn't have that thirst I've seen from other players. Yeah. Like, I think he wants to go someplace and win and get out of Green Bay, be the man somewhere, like be West Coast. And then um, the third question would be, if Green Bay does have control, like, would Green Bay refuse to trade him in conference? Yeah, I, I mean, I don't think I don't think Green Bay. Like, here's the thing: is is like you know the 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 front office of green bay isn't isn't there for aaron Rodgers. it's there to put out a productive team so if i I, this is where i'm like i don't see them being forced to do anything that they really don't want to do you want to sit maybe we accelerate jordan love a little bit uh and maybe i'll take some heat for that and but you know can you trust the guy on the field that you watched like tank a season to get rid of the head coach like he literally, I think we talked about it, the third time we talked about yeah. it, but it's tank backed up with an MVP. So obviously there wasn't a regression, right? There was like, I don't know. I don't want to be here attitude that's yes. for whatever reason that even means if you're trying 80% as opposed to like your, your fail Mary and all those plays that we watch when you're apparently happy to be there, at least like competing, like that's your 110%. So like an 80% Aaron Rodgers, that's also going to be like a little bit of, an attitude problem in the locker room like that just sounds like let's let's get off this guy let's get what we can get right right but they were all both happy to go back into it you know what i mean like that's that then that after that year they hired fucking uh whatchamacallit uh or they signed an extension in 2018 they they yeah. brought in uh lafleur and they've had you know two 13 and three seasons thereafter yep what a sweetheart. All right, that's sweet too much time for Aaron Rodgers, <laughs> Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. We'll see what happens. I think ultimately you're right. Instincts would say that uh, he'll probably stay in Green Bay for one more year, and Instincts would also say he's a prick. All right, M-A-M-A parenting tip. <laughs> that's how you do it. I'll bring us to the jam. All right, MMA parent tip, buddy. We're talking about um, sisters pay their debts. I'm curious right. about that. You hit me with a little text, a little gambling between sisters. Oh yes, exactly. It's less of a, it's less of a tip and more of a story. Okay. But it, you know, it had a little bit of a, a life lesson thereafter. So, sitting in the car, uh, this is a couple weeks ago, weekends ago, driving the the kiddos to, um, or driving them back from dance class 
and they were watching a show. I don't even remember what the show was, but they were watching a show and 2.0 said to Kamishat, Hey, such and such song is in, is in that show that we were just watching. And she was singing it. And Kamishat was like, Oh no, it's not. It is not in that. It is not in that. And they were like, all right. And then I could just hear him like get real quiet in there. And then all of a sudden I come up and, and then Kamishat was like, and you could tell she knew because she knew she was right. And she was like, 2.0 has bet me monies that this song is in there. And it is not. And when we watch it, she's going to pay me monies. And I go, well, first off, when you guys make a bet or a wager, you have to set the amount of money. So how much money is? You can't just open-ended say monies. That doesn't mean anything. Yeah, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Can't do that. I'm sure your bookie won't say like, oh, I bet these monies on this game. How much money was it? A dollar. I only bet a dollar. Also, I lost. need to be hitting up someone in their orbit, being Brandana to set yeah. a line and to really make sure this is kind of equal gambling on both sides. Exactly right. Yeah, this is just an, a yes or no, a yes or no <laughs> bet. And uh, so we settled on on ten cents because they're like, well, how, how much is ten cents? It's like, well, or how much is a dime? And I said, well, what do you think, Commissioner? She's like, it's ten cents, right? I was like, yeah, that's ten pennies. Okay, all right, sounds like a lot. And then, so then they, then I wasn't going to press it. It's like, you know what? This isn't going to end well when they find this out. I'll just let, let it lie. It'll be a fun little story to tell Dr. Mrs. The Commish. Well, then it's, you know, it's showtime, right? We've finished dinner. So they're time to watch a show. They immediately turn on the show and boom, it's, they watch the whole show. The song wasn't in there. Commissette's like, I told you, you owe me the money. And then 2.0 was like, I'm not going to pay you. <laughs> we were like, oh, no. So she's line. like, I'm not. The firm line hold and is like, and is pissed. She's pissed. She got it wrong. And she's yeah. pissed that now she even has to, to make a bet. So we sat down there and she even said, I, I think she even said like, well, she's just like, I'll give it to you, but I'm going to take it back anyways. Or something like that. <laughs> she was literally doing that. And, and then it was, um, well, look, buddy, you, if you make a bet, if you don't want to make a bet, you don't want to lose the money. Don't make the bet. Like that's first and foremost, but we, you always pay your debts. You always live up to what you're going to do. If you're going to do it, but it doesn't mean you have to bet just because someone bets you. Cause we also are like, you know, this is, I can now see this future down the road. It's like, Hey, jump, you know, you know, run streak in the middle of like homecoming or something like that. You know, it's like, yeah, just cause someone bets you, you don't need to do it. So then, um, so we settled down there, but she was pissed. She was really upset commission uh, 2.0 because she lost and really didn't want to pay. She like handed her like the, the dime, like, you know, when in like stepbrothers, when he like goes to shake his hand, she was just like, yeah. <laughs> very limp wristed with it Wait, like dropped it the from does she have like oh they got a piggy yeah they got a piggy bank yeah yeah we went in there pulled the piggy i mean where they got the dime from me that's where they got the dime from. <laughs> sure, 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 yeah, yeah. right right they're not there slaving away at fucking kfc or anything but um no so we went in there got the dime but it was really it was an interesting like like uh, where two sisters could go through and kamish at was upset that 2.0 was not going to pay her so to kind of manage all of these things all the way around eventually they they did pay or she did pay and they went up now oh this is where i felt great as a parent because then commission at realizing how upset 2.0 was went back 
and gave the dime back to can't do that can't do that you gotta step in i should have dove in front of you like no you can't yeah you gotta realize the value of the bet you need to hold hold that loss you need to feel that you gotta feel that burn there's a couple things it's it's kind of funny because I it, I think it's almost human nature. Like you instinctually come to wagering something because it's the only way to put stakes. Like when right. two people are disagreeing, like I know something and it's just like, I'm completely confident in this. And you, you're confident in like information that contradicts mine. Right. So it's just like, how are we going to, how are we going to make this interesting? How are we going to figure this out? And it's like, we're going to wager something because that's going to show you how confident I am in this. Right, so it's right, kind of funny, but I love your point too. I love your point on kind of hammering it. Well, the pain of the desk, obviously that's great. I mean, cause that's going to lean into like credit cards, like yes. <laughs> everything like, yeah, yeah, your yeah. Desk, like super, just a good thing to wrap your mind around quickly. But it's also like uh, the fact you don't have to take the action. Yes. You know, like if you think, you know, it's just like, Oh, the song's in there. But if she's just like, you know, she seems pretty confident that it's in there. Maybe I'm wrong on this. Like, I don't have to take the gamble. I don't. That, to- yeah. And that's the thing too. When it's like, you know, when someone's like, all right, well, it's bad. Then you're like, uh, maybe I am wrong. And we've all, we've all had that. And I'm, I've done it where I'm like, Oh, I know this is a hundred percent correct. And then I'm, I've even had it where someone's like, why did you bet me? I was like, cause I knew I was right. Like, of course oh, yeah. I was going to bet you. I knew I was right. This is easy money. You were foolish. And I'm going to bet you. And now I'm going to take advantage of the situation because you want to bet on it. So it, it was one of those things where Kamishat definitely was like, I know for a thousand percent sure, you know, I'm right on this. So I'm going to take your money 2.0. But yeah, it was one of those things where it was like, all right, don't feel like you have to get into it. And, and you know, and the other thing is we also were trying to cultivate too. This is like, you know, let's not have ill feelings towards each other because we lost this bet you know what i mean like make the bet pay your debts be fine with it you know what i mean and like you know you don't have to give the money with a smile on your face but at the same time you can't like fucking talk shit all the way up to the point of it you know yeah there's there's a little sportsmanship to it but also i mean is that something where it's not like it's banned in the household but like you don't want to hear like these dime bets going on like like four or five times a day. No, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Little girl is like obsessed with just like letting it ride and just like double up and they're just like, well, I'm gonna par, I'm gonna parlay. Two point oh is like, what's the vig on this bet? And you're like, (laughs) oh, okay, all right, we gotta, we gotta cut this out. We're having chicken strips tonight. Commiss Junior won't finish his green beans before eight o'clock, and then yeah, it's just like <laughs> right, right, yeah, yeah. No, there's uh, yeah, there is definitely that, and I don't think that they will just because it it kind of turned out to be a little bit of a struggle. But I mean, anytime that you know, and that's the whole thing is, is like the sister dynamic is so interesting. They they go at each other like playfully a lot of times. Like they they pick on each other. They tease each other. So it's not like I don't this didn't seem like it was a new new way of like a new rush that they got, which is good, right? It was like, all right, well, because we haven't seen any bets since, you know what I mean? So I don't think I don't think I will any because I think like two 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 is a little smart where she'll know if like Kamishat throws another bet out. She's like, All right, I'm 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 dead. She's got me dead to rights. Oh, this is a loss. yeah, there could there could be a little bit of pride of like, I'm not gonna fall for this again. Right, exactly. But again, if they need line set. Everyone has my phone number. I'll hop on. We'll get you on the blower. We'll get you on the blower. Way behind. Figure that out. Um, all right, guys. We got a little date night. We're talking splash. Bring us to the jam. Oh, yeah. 
It's the mad date night The showdown is where they fight And here they discuss if this movie sucks Why? Because this part fucks I said this part fucks Oh yeah, this part fucks It may be date night splash Bro, you saw this movie before? Uh, yes, I have actually. I've seen it. I don't want to say like a lot, but I definitely have seen it more than once in the the later '80s, early '90s. Yeah. So, were you a big Tom Hanks? I know we've done big before. Like, was Tom Hanks kind of like a, a childhood favorite? Yeah, I think I see. I think I saw most of his movies. You know, Turner and Hooch, right? Yeah. Uh, the Money Pit. I really liked The Money Pit when I was a kid growing up. Uh, splash big obviously big was the home run that was the fucking top of the mountain right there for tom hanks you know you know and obviously you know you love tom hanks right he's, he's yeah, tom hanks. Awesome. like good hanks so 1984 we're talking early tom hanks this is directed by ron howard uh pg rating looking at says runtime of 111 minutes uh that's true yeah one of them is 20 minutes too long but let me talk about this pg rating how did they get wild in the 80s yeah right like for pg like for pg, PG. Like, yeah they didn't know what to do they were just like i guess like if there isn't actual like simulated sex then we can just slap a pg rating on it this yes like, and it was like three f-bombs and then like i mean she's topless oh you see nipple a couple yeah, times for sure, yeah. and fucking freddie played by john candy writes a letter to penthouse forum and is passing penthouses all over the place not even yeah. playboy penthouse yeah penthouse is a different yeah penthouse, penthouse is like the r rating of pornography magazines which is already <laughs> like an r for that right but then i did notice they kind of blurred the, the top of it okay so he falls in love uh he's he's a guy that's hungry for love like a little bit not like a like a romeo but like a maybe an in love with love kind of guy yes and then he has this fruit thing, runs his brother John Candy. I didn't know John Candy was in this. You give me John Candy, I am in. Right. Uh, decides to let off some steam after gets drunk at a wedding and drives to Cape Cod. Right. Uh, takes and, takes and a taxi. Takes a taxi. Takes a taxi. Expensive taxi. We'll get to like how expensive that taxi is. Get there. Um, jumps in or like in a little boat to actually get out because he gets on the wrong side of the island. Hits Eugene Levy, who's actually like searching for a mermaid. Yes. We're like, doing scientific work that we don't know what it is. Yeah, we don't know what it is. But it seems to be like that. And then, like, jumps in, finds her, doesn't find out she's a mermaid, eventually does. Uh, that be Splash. I don't want to spoil the ending, so we'll do toughest plot points to swallow. But I do have a question about the ending. The ending's a little up in the air, right? Let's not oh, get it. Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Okay, so toughest plot points. What do you got? Uh, first off, okay. How do two like fucking green grocers get invited to a presidential dinner? I don't understand this. What a great question. That's a great question. Yes. I was right. almost wondering, I was like, did I look away or was that not like fully engaged? It's just like, why are they? And it's not like they're catering the event. Like they have tables there. Yeah, they got tables there. You know what I mean? Like, what what's the story? How does this? It could have been any dinner. I don't know why it was the fucking presidential. I guess for maybe the like the trope of like getting mugged by security. But you could have had any of that. You could have had any of that. Sure, yeah. But they made, but they made it. But but Freddie, the brother, John Candy, was like, "Hey, I got this invite," and you know he then decides to take uh, uh, Alan, played by John Candy, 
or, or played by um tom hanks decided to take his mermaid girl there that's that that's I, that's not even the weakest plot pill i just don't understand how it happened the the most bizarre plot pill is even from 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 the jump is you okay so you get knocked out by a boat you wash ashore yeah you wake up you see this stunning daryl hannah completely naked running around and then sprinting into the ocean and you just go about your day you're just going to go back to the work your your assumption is that's normal also like yeah. well, so we'll just go to i think we're we work how we do map date night we just have to assume you've seen the movie yeah so guys if you're listening to this look at the podcast we always put what the movie is in the podcast fucking fired up if you haven't seen it to keep right. up so there yeah it jumps in the water the all these little things about he her being a mermaid so number one he has a memory of seeing her as a mermaid yes and then he's like shocked when she actually is a mermaid like he's almost shocked to the existence of mermaids which right. is great. it should be this thing about him like he should have like little mermaid pictures or it should be like i yes. think it's mermaid like i wasn't quite sure and just like his level of just like i can't believe you exist is like we didn't have that first scene yes he should be shunned by his dad and his older brother about mermaids so much so that they're like shut the fuck up stop talking yeah. about mermaids and he doesn't want to talk about mermaids but then he sees a mermaid who actually saved him and he can't you know he, he yeah you it know. sure remembers him so there's a little bit so i was wondering like where mermaids came from i was just like why all of a sudden this hot mermaid talk like who yeah. like just kind of dropped this into casual conversation i would say it's folklore has like a few different things but they usually show up as like saviors during calamities uh, it's kind of like the rumor about them. Like if there's a shipwreck, if there's like a, a tsunami or something, they show up like that, which fits that lore fits with, he almost drowned. Like she helped keep him alive. So it's almost like she's his fish guardian angel like thing. Oh, I like it. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah, so which, which he should be feeling a little bit about. I just, there should be a little bit more of not him suspecting that, but him kind of hoping it's aware yeah like yeah. put the pieces together like maybe she is a mermaid and maybe and that's interesting right because now they're talking they're hanging out like he's afraid to ask but like all these little hints are because he doesn't want to seem insane but these little hints are like lining up that she might be like this mermaid savior person she goes to the fucking department store right, he finds right. her he finds her in the tv section yeah he asks her what's your name where you're from and she lets out a fucking all, what I could describe as a high-pitched dolphin squeal and shatters the glass and all of that. That yeah. should have been like, all right, so there's, I, you know, look. A little green light. I, total green light. I was alive in 1984. I was five years old. But if you told me that a foreign person, that that was their name, I'd have been like, bullshit. No one has a name that sound and no one can make that noise from yeah. their voice. And I was five years old. And you're five. A smart, five. Five year old, a smart five-year-old. A smart five-year-old. A smart five-year-old. Yes, right. Exactly. Like season, yeah. But still, Alan, who's who is runs a, a clearly a presidential level grocer, right? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking does it yeah. can't figure it out, put the pieces together. And he did see a, a and it wasn't like when he saw the mermaid in the water when he jumped into the water and almost drowned as a six he was like six years old. Like he he should have a that's just, that's gonna stand out. Well, he does because he talks about it. Like they have right. the conversation, and he's just like, 
I had this accident, like when I, I don't know if it was like the can't swim, but it's like, I had this accident and I thought I saw and he kind of can't finish it, but it's right. just like, you did see bro. Like, but it's so much more, this movie is more interesting if it's less about him finding out that she is a mermaid and more about like him thinking she's a mermaid and right. then like trying to explain that to the outside world. That's more interesting. Like a sane person trying to look not crazy is more interesting than him just kind of like not getting it when he had that or cut that first scene. And it's also like her learning the language after six hours of watching like a Best Buy TV, like that's a pass. That's a right. pass. Right, yeah. Fucking Sally why just said Why just add that in? Just be like, yeah, mermaids speak English. Like everyone knows that. Like, right. I mean, just like do something. Like they speak the the, the native tongue. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or just come out of the shoot. You know what I mean? She just she put her fucking cock shell up and heard a bunch of English going out there beforehand. But yeah, it's pretty wild. Because then it would be like, well, then she should be able to pick up on everything like at a heightened rate like she should be able to digest and figure it all out much much more faster than you know like you know she just she just learned english language she should know that like you know when she saw the guy trying to find her you know eugene levy like oh shit that's the guy that i saw on land like be wary of this guy you know what i mean yeah, yeah. that was good um do you want to get to the gigantic plot point like hardest plot pill ending point to swallow like the whole thing or what uh yeah yeah let's get that let's do i mean we have like any favorite quotes you got i mean john candy's john candy's crushing it he said john, john candy is fucking on fire in this perfect john candy role um I, where, could use more, I could always use more john candy yes i could have too i there there's whole sections where you're just like all right could have used more of them but there was one great line from john candy which is great where he's like pleading with alan he's like i I want to get into the business more. I want to, I want to, you know, do more stuff. And all of a sudden he goes, so it, I just got to ask a question. Is it, is it just fruits and vegetables or just fruits or is it fruits and vegetables or just fruits? Fruits, vegetables, just fruits. Yeah. yeah, that was great. I think, I think all the, all the great lines came from John Candy. Um, oh, my God, like Tom Hanks, when he's just like talking about John Candy being married, he's just like, you brought a date to one of your own weddings. That's, <laughs> I mean, that's just good home run classic candy stuff. Let me grab. I have one more written. Everyone just podcast. Hold on one second. I have one more written. Let me find that's it. right. You got to get, you got you to do some editing anyways. Oh my God, I'm the worst. Two seconds of silence. Everybody relax. Um, okay. Oh. <laughs> So when they're going to, when Tom Hanks is, and also, so Tom Hanks is at the wedding as an usher and he's talking about his breakup. Yes. That's what I, that was a tough plot pill too. Like, so he's talking to the girl that actually lives with him on the phone and she's going to move out. Right. And we get from one side of the phone conversation that he just like, can't say he loves her. Yes. Move in with somebody before you drop L bombs. Is it the order L bombs? And then we live together. I can't imagine like flipping that order. Like we're living together. It's just like, oh, have you guys said you love each other? It's just like, whoa, slow down. We're not moving that fast. <laughs> right. We only, I only see her every day, every morning. We yeah. sleep in the same bed. But I'm not ready to tell her that I love there, there her. Was, there was a little confusion. Man, we're really talking shit. I guess that's what we do with these movies. Yeah. We're talking some shit on Splash. But it was just like, what sorry, is his- Sorry, Splash Heads. We're talking shit on this movie. Splash Heads. It's not that he's uh, a commitment phobe, I guess. It's not that right. Like he just hasn't found the right girl. 
Yes. So it, it, it feels like kind of walking the tightrope between like he can't he can't say it because he doesn't feel he's never felt it before or like he's kind of worried about it. I guess it's like he can't feel it, but it's just like it's kind of where they live with the scroll and they can't drop it because then he can't drop it with. Yeah, that's why it's it's not really it's not super clear because at the ice skating rink or whenever or I think it's at the fountain whenever she first says uh, the mermaid Madison first Madison, says yeah. I love you like he can't say it back yeah yeah and then he gets super pissed not to be whatever but then when he yeah. proposes to her and she says no then he gets wildly pissed off like he gets so insane like Aaron Rodgers about it for sure yeah for sure about it yeah <laughs> for sure for sure uh yeah so anyway at that day it's just like tom tom hanks is talking to john kennedy just like uh she moved out she moved out because i didn't love her and then john Kennedy just says that bitch and it's just like a quick cut it's like it's so funny yeah it's very good there's a yeah. couple of those in there there's one um that i let, just made me chuckle uh and it's all it was all delivery when he tom hanks is on the beach and he sees eugene levy for the first time and Eugene Levy, Levy is just like being demonstrative about everything. He's got these two like knuckleheads and uh, the, they're carrying gear onto the boat. And he's like, well, I'm, and Eugene Levy is like, well, we could get out on the fo- uh, out on the water faster if these two, if the idiot twins could move any faster or something like that. And they come walking by carrying a bug and they're like, the guy's like, we're not twins. And I was just like, I just fucking nailed it perfectly. It was great. I just love it. That's so great. Uh, all right, buddy, let's jump into the end right now. Um, he jumps. So they're they're standing on the dock. Uh, he's learning the rules. So they got to make a call. She's either needs to get in the water or she's going to be human. Yeah, forever. let's let's set the stage just a little bit. So Eugene yeah. Levy does, in fact, at the presidential dinner, spray water on Madison. Her tail comes to life because if you know she she's fucking water activated. That's how mermaid mermaids work. If they're if they don't touch water, guess what? She could fucking walk on two legs. She legs. gets a little she gets a little damp, which if they're boning a whole bunch of time, I don't know how that's gonna work. But anyways, hey, hey, damn, oh fucking Alan slings a weak dick. Um, <laughs> so um, so anyways, so then sprays on water immediately. Then Secret Service gobble her up bring her to like a uh, a science you know like secret station or whatever makes sense then candy eugene levy seeing the air of his ways and and alan played by tom hanks going there and 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 rescue her from from this yeah leads to a big car chase to then them sprinting to the dock with military men and helicopter helicopters swarming in on them does, does that surmise it pretty pretty clearly yeah, but you got it. Yeah, so we're talking. We're talking classic. Like, there is the choices. Like, if she stays on land, like she's just going to be prodded and just yeah. like not have her freedom. So she's got to do that. She is in love with Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks in love with her. He gets the offer. Like, he can go live in the water with her. Like, she can help him breathe. Whatever. Right. This is disbelief. I can handle that. But he kind of can't go back and forth. So he's got to make he's got to make the decision. So they're both. Obviously, she's got to do what she's got to do because there's all these military people around. Right. But he gets to make it, and he's just like, well, that's a pass, and she like totally understands. But then the military's coming out. He dives in the water. What goes on at the end of this movie, buddy? Then he can't swim. He still can't swim. He's starting to doggy paddle a little bit. Then fucking you know Madison comes back. She fucking 
it's oh because then the divers from the helicopter start diving into the water trying to get tom hanks he's fighting him off she's fighting him off she's hitting him with the tail then she just you know is blowing kisses into his mouth getting some air in there and then they fucking swim off to atlantis is this we got credits we got credits rolling we got credits rolling they're in there and she's fucking taking taking her boy tom hanks into the fucking deep blue sea I so it's like now we're talking about a where are they now? Like is the end of this movie and I like I, I do like this about the movie. I like shit that is just like make your own interpretation, like trying to figure it out. Is he going like on just a little like she's like Madison's like, I saw your world, take a peeps at mine like tour, and then he's gonna get out and just fucking get his dry on, get some dry clothes and go on living his life. Right. As a green grocer. Or is this like I kind of made my decision. I'm going to stay down here and just like have some mermaid, mermaids, mermaid babies. <laughs> I, 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 I took it as the latter. He's going to go mermaids, but now I just realized, like, I'd be panicked. Wouldn't you be panicked? Like the whole time you were you were under the water, that like I got you got to keep blowing air into my mouth, or otherwise I'm going to fucking die. Yeah, because there's a little bit of this too, right? It's just like that's what talking like sounds like underwater. So it's just like I get that she learned English in six hours at a fucking Staples with just the tape, like a right. The tape's going. Yeah, is he gonna learn like merman? Are they gonna be able to communicate? First off, it's mer person. Don't be so fucking insensitive. But copy that. Copy that. But yeah, yeah, no, yeah. There's no way he's gonna be able to assimilate that fast no. or, or at all or ever so now you're making me think like maybe because she had this weird like arbitrary rule that she could only be on land for six days that was it right. we never got that explained why no. she could yeah, yeah yeah i can assume it's just like i can take that like if you just give me a fact and like you don't explain it there's no like back there's no like her open up with like a like a a tome or whatever and she's just like you see it like the history of the just right. like our people like, for many years this yeah, is our rum like, spring of like, mermaids these the facts and just like all right cool <laughs> this is the facts six days like start the clock like I mean, right like, i hear you yeah, yeah yeah so yeah so but there's yeah there's no way yeah so i i would say like hey just get i'm just getting a fucking quick dip in and then i'm out nice yeah don't know how it's gonna work <laughs> Um, all right, bro. We'll give it um air hornet. We do five air horns. Let's go. Oh, you know what to do? E, e. Oh, yeah, we'll do that. That's a lot of fun. You're a lot of fun. You're a lot of fun, sir. Thanks, man. Absolutely like that. Are you ready? Ready? Yeah. E. 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 I'll give it three. Why not? I'll give it two and a half. I'll do it in half. It's just like, here's the thing. And maybe it's just like, I should have saw this movie. Like, these, this seems classic. This movie would have meant a lot to me. It'd be like the first like movie I saw a boob in, like yeah. if I saw it like when I was younger. The fact that I just saw it now is just like, yeah, I see it all. We're gonna have the hilarious like she's gonna eat fish all fucked up. Like we're just gonna have like those classic like, no pun intended, like fish out of water scenes. Yeah, yeah, perfect. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, I maybe three is too high. Maybe it's a little nostalgia, um, but fucking Daryl Hannah like. Not to be, I was when I was watching it again. I was like, "This is when she was doing all those underwater scenes. That's that's got to be hard work. They weren't faking that. That wasn't like a stunt mermaid. That was Daryl Hannah." Yeah, I thought about that too. Yeah, I know. Like there was like her kind of hair. You're right, and it wasn't there. There's kind of extended scenes. It was just like, oh, she's just like kind of fucking holding her breath. Like this yeah, is yeah. Kind of like it. 
it looked legit. Like it was. It was, it was impressive. Luck. Impressive. All right, guys. Well, uh, you didn't win this, but there's one place you can win, and that's the Neapolitan Showdown. Oh. Bring it to the jam. So let's leave it alone, cause we can't see eye to eye. There ain't no good guy. There ain't no bad guy. There's only you and me, and we just disagree. Neapolitan Showdown. We are talking top players we despise. I love it. Yeah. Why do you think we're doing that? <laughs> Why do you think we're doing it, bro? And I also, I excluded them from our from the list. I did not put them on mine because I didn't want you to do the, what, what did we even call the challenge? What was the block challenge when you guessed the top one? Scenic 7 was for... Yes. That was for something else. But it was Scenic like, 7 was for... for uh, Mad degrees separation. Mad, Mad degrees, yes. Good call. Uh, oh, shit. I don't remember. Did we have it something? I don't think we did. It was just a block for like 100 points. Right. Uh, okay, so I didn't include that, but uh, obviously we're talking about it because Aaron Rodgers, uh, I picture the toughest tang in the world. Uh, <laughs> and this information's backing me up. So right, exactly. Like, yeah, and and we didn't want to have two heavy Aaron Rodgers segments in one podcast. No, that's way... That's way, way too much Aaron Rodgers. That's what exactly. he's trying to make happen. If you Do you think Aaron Rodgers secretly listens to our pod? Just all like I spite? Think so. Like, I wonder, like... Sometimes I really, when I call him a prick, which is once every other podcast, I want, like, I just picture him kind of listening and just like having it out for me. I don't know how he's going to do it. I don't know if he's going to become like a producer and just like take some of my accounts, like in between his Jeopardy thing. I don't know, but I'm pretty sure like I'm on that list of people he needs to take down. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's, he's gunning for it. He's like, oh, if he, I find out who Brandon he, is. He definitely is, even if Mr. Knight, he is the guy that like juices on. Like you're reading the negative, like he digs for negative things about him. Yeah. Like yeah. he wants to find it. And then like sits there and like tries to justify it to like the fiance or whoever he's dating. He's just like, they got it all wrong. Like they just, <laughs> I just want to win. Like I'm just like, that's all I'm trying to do here. How, do you think he has a Google alert set up on his name? Probably, right? Oh, a thousand, a thousand percent. Yeah, yeah. yeah this, okay. Aaron, Aaron Rodgers is a big fan of Aaron Rodgers. Very good. Oh, man. We just found a way to. He's taking over this podcast. He's taking over episode 166. Uh, okay, let's rank him up. Um, my number three spot since I brought this up, and this is, we're going to, we're going to officially retire him off my shit list with doing Ooh. this. This will be the last time we see him there. We're going I Steph Curry? About. It's Steph Curry. Yeah. Let's get him get him off the list. I did despise him more than I despised any other NBA player for about like four to five years. And it wasn't even that I was a fan of another team. It's just like uh, the unnecessary like peacocking thing a little bit, like the chewing on the mouthpiece where it's just like there's no way the shoulder shimmy. Yeah, there's not like that's not locking you in. And it's like, yeah, I'd be able to have him. I, I don't know. But like the more I listen to him and watching him play, like Sometimes when you're that good, like you just get the green light to do whatever the fuck you want to do. Right. You yeah. want to munch on that mouthpiece, then you can munch <laughs> on that mouthpiece. You're shooting like 98% from the free throw line. Right. You, you can shimmy if you're hitting it from the logo. I like it. I like it a lot. Um, I, I, this is the only college athlete, and, I, and I'm remiss to even put a college athlete on there. It's less about him and more about the time in my life. So I'm going to go with one Chris Wells, Beanie Wells, the running back from Ohio, who fell out the rest. Oh, yeah. 
because for three straight years he fucking straight murdered the wolverines and also set off in a like trajectory of where uh michigan has won once in the michigan ohio state series since since he was a freshman since 2006 yeah. he had in in each year he has broken off 50 plus yard td runs that have fucked us it was 50, it's a true freshman 52 yarder uh in 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 07 a 62 yarder in a 14-3 game the other game in 06 was number 1 versus number 2 we lost 42-39 and then in 08 just the the shit fucking the rich rod era fully ushered in the first year they d- dismantled us he put up a 59-yard touchdown. Every time we played fucking Beanie Wells, he destroyed us. Did you did, did you root for him, like, not catching fire in the NFL? Yeah, I mean, I moved on. We got drafted by the Cardinals. It was like, good fucking riddance. Good, far away from, like, right. me as okay. possible. Uh, that's good. Okay, um, I'll give, you said, three 50-yard runs. That fucked you. That's 150 yards. You get 150 points. Well, take it. Um, and then I will give Steph Curry officially off my shit list after five years. We'll say 97% free throw shooter. I don't know. Feels close. 97 to 150. Feels there. I like it. Okay. Uh, all right. Number two. Oh, man. Make sure I have these in the right order. This might be number one, but number two. A lot of, a lot of fun with this. LaShawn McCoy is a piece of shit. He is a total piece of shit. Like, when it, when it just came out, like... There's different attitudes also, but when it comes out, like you're just like stiff waiters, like that's, that's a problem. You know, like I got my bartending on when I first moved to LA for like a good, like five year stretch, but it's just like, there's like, what is I like, I always want to be careful when like legal's involved, like right. if there is a lawyer or a LaShawn McCoy listening to this podcast, there's something with like a girlfriend, right? What was allegedly happened with allegedly? Yes. Allegedly he paid somebody to have his girlfriend beaten up who was staying in one of his houses. That's right. And he also allegedly, uh, allegedly. And there's also, I don't think this is allegedly because I think they settled. He got no fist fight with a bus driver, like a, like a limo driver or like, you know, like those party buses. Yeah. That, and then it's just like him holding the football out for like no purpose whatsoever. Yeah. Just to be different. It, that's a that's on the kind of level of like the mouthpiece thing. It's just like there's no way holding this out here like makes you like you're just you're trying to peacock a little bit. But I don't know, just trouble, bad story seems to follow this guy. This guy would definitely be a top hang. He a pass. He a pass. Oh, it almost was I would have put it in a fucking console bracket. You just made me think of Deshaun Jackson, another Philadelphia guy. The guy who fucking <laughs> dropped the football right at the one yard line. That's my number one. Oh, is it? Yeah, you got it. <laughs> Yeah, you got it. John Jackson was the number one. If you do this same thing in college and the pros, just to like peacock and show off, when you're trying to show off and make it all about you and you ask, actually like cost the team points and then yes. like not apologetic for it, it's actually, it's insane. Like I couldn't, I couldn't stand this guy. Like when he first came to the league, like everybody excited about him. Like I just like, I hate that arrogance, cocky attitude, and yes. then the turnovers because it's just like it's all about you. Like I like the showboating and like fucking up the showboating. Like there's like dig a hole and yeah. jump in. Yeah, that. and then requoting tweets that he the text that he thought was from Hitler that wasn't really from Hitler, but it doesn't really matter because you thought it was from Hitler. 
Yeah, that's like uh, a Tom Hang. It was rough. <laughs> oh my god! Look, both these players tying back into Philadelphia. Shocker, yeah. not. Uh, all right, man. We'll give, you, we'll give you official lock. Oh, on well, I I couldn't even believe it because I was just like you were talking about. It. I was like, oh my god, I was thinking I of this other. Yeah. So I, I I'll give you my number two. Yeah. Um. Uh, uh, Ron Artest. Obviously, Malice in the Palace, changing his name to Meta World Peace. Also, too, he crushed. Oh, you, thought that, you, thought, you thought that was corny? The Meta World Peace? Yeah, yeah, I think it was. And I don't, what, is it, what does it even mean? Meta World Peace? What? Yeah. I, I, okay, look, look. I said facsimile. You said mercurial. Meta World Peace. We don't need you trying to <laughs> spread yourself too thin. kind of a change on a vibe on him, right, though? He kind of did like the 180 that some players do where it's just like, Oh, this guy's like insane. We can't stand him. And he's just like, I don't like, he's, he's a fun interview. He seems like a fun hangout. Maybe he's like in your Steph Curry, like yes. thing where it's just like, now yeah, yeah. He's kind of. He's, ca- he's kind of, he's kind of a little bit, bit better. Yeah. It's kind of the way, well, it's the same way. It's definitely the way like Charles Barkley was for me when Charles Barkley in his playing days, like I hated Philadelphia. I did not like him, but now he's like this lovable teddy bear and everyone likes him. And I get it. It's like, okay. So maybe it could be the same, but he also Ron Artest going back to Ron Artest, not meta world peace, but Ron Artest sure. fucking crushed James Harden with an elbow that was so vicious that I was like, God damn, like he's going to hurt somebody. Uh, James, James Harden. Yeah, yeah, James Harden. And actually, that might have been Meta World Peace. I'll I find the was, video of it. Was that Lake, Lakers? Lakers, yeah. There was a layup, and he just came through and just bodied him right in the back of the head. It was brutal. Basketball is so interesting. When you watch, like, the replay, like, I feel like you can, like, sense intent. Yes. Basketball is just like, oh, like, you knew, like, the dudes that are just, like, acting like they didn't. Oh, it's the one where he's right behind him, right? And he's yes. kind of, like, yes. like, acting like he doesn't feel him right behind, but there's, like, a split second where you see his like periph kind of just like light. And it's just like, you know, that guy's like right back there. And you're yeah. just like, oh, yeah. I'm just going to elbow you in the back of the head. Hardcore. And he's a, he's a looney tune. He was crazy. He's, you know, kind of wild, but my number one, I'm going with Claude, a hockey player, Claude Lemieux from the Colorado. Avalanche. <laughs> Claude, if you're listening, I know you fucking are you piece of shit. You go <laughs> eat fucking a bag of dicks. <laughs> fucking he, he, he cheap shot at Chris Draper broke his cheek or broke his broke his like i don't know orville socket cheek or jaw or both gave him a concussion knocked him out a year later fight night at the joe fucking amazing set of a rivalry between the uh the avalanche and that and they beat the shit out of him that's right darren mccarty you fucking get your pound of flesh on claude lemieux claude lemieux you can eat a fucking bag of dicks get your pound of flesh on uh i'm a good segment okay we got to give you that win just because you called out and you guessed number one after Thank we talk about what we called the block, but we'll Thank call you. it the um, we'll call it the Deshaun Jackson block. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Well, oh, you know what it is? It's when you, you when you force the guy to drop the ball at the end. That's of, so funny. Of the yeah, front, yeah, yeah. You're one yard short. Line. Yeah, the Deshaun Jackson dive into the end zone block. Yeah, for sure. Uh, no touchdown for me today. All right, brother. Um, guys, it may be sports podcast episode one sixty six. Shoot us an email. Ooh. It may be sports podcast at gmail. Did we recap who won Mab League? Am I forgetting about that? Did we do that on 165, 164? Uh, yeah, we did because we did it. We did. We potted right after you dominated me in a 3 0 sweep. Maybe I knew that. I knew I just want to bring it up. Maybe I just want to bring it up again. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, all right. MVP of the weeks. I got um, NFL draft. I know you love it. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of a macro thing, but it was, I mean, it's just, it's one of those 
NFL draft was one of the first sports event going into COVID that kind of like aired and we all got to watch and they figured it out and just kind of like, it's, it's giving you that little preview to normalcy to things kind of settling down and obviously fun to watch those kids get drafted. But, and people are saying like, you know, it was a very, a super interesting draft. So I know a lot of people that are like all, always borderline, including myself about the draft that like really got into it and our podcast kicked ass. Yeah. Fucking podcast yeah. rocked. How do we do uh, on that? Kind of uh, we did pretty you know, good. Just, tra- just like trading and eventually like when that trading starts. Yeah. Happening. We start, we nailed a couple like late in the round. I forget. Oh, we had Richard Bateman, number 27 to the Ravens. Fucking nailed that one. We got the Vikings, even though the Vikings traded back. We hit that one. Oh, yeah, yeah. Dareshaw. Yes, exactly. Yeah. That was good. We knew the direction. We did a lot. We got a lot where we knew like positionally where they were going to go and like, like fucking even with uh, the Raiders, they didn't take Landon Dickerson, but they took another interior offensive lineman from Alabama. So it's yeah. like, we're, I, you know, you give us a half point on that one. Yeah. Yeah, we're sticking out. Yeah. Uh, my MVP also in the draft, because we forgot, or we didn't forget, we're bringing it up now, but we always, you know, we we have the last pick of the draft, the Mr. Irrelevant, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But now he's got a big fanfare. And really, the really most irrelevant person is the second to last guy picked, Mr. Magnificent. <laughs> That's right. The three years in a row, Mr. Magnificent. Yes. Jack- Dax Milne, second to last player taken in the NFL draft. Awesome. Good memory, BYU, buddy. BYU uh, wide receiver drafted by the Washington football team. Dax, mm-hmm. I know you're listening. You are Mr. Magnificent. Let's go. Let's get him on the pod. As soon as we start taking calls. All right, guys. Uh, thanks for listening. I am Brandana. Why don't you sign yourself off? Most awesome. This podcast is going to come upside the back of your head like an elbow from Maba World Pod. Runway, style, fame, she likes fashion.